Hello everyone, welcome back to the Final Tackle Podcast. And we're actually joined by former Manly and Warrington Wolves champion Michael Monaghan. Thanks for joining us today, mate. No worries, mate. You debuted for the Raiders in 2001. You are a Queen Beyond slash Canberra local, um, as in grown up from there. What was it like to um, get your debut in the in the big leagues? Uh, yeah, it was, it was huge. It was, um, my dad was, well, the whole family really were massive footy fans, but my, my old man was, he played footy growing up as a kid in Lithgow and uh, moved to Canberra and then um, I was a Raiders tragic growing up yeah. know, through the through the 89 grand final yeah. and the 90s, was, you know, some of the greatest teams. That was the played. best era. It was, mate, and I remember as, you know, as a kid after they won in uh, 89 going out and getting all the signatures. Yeah. Always wanted to, you know, that was my thing from a young young age, I wanted to grow up, play for Raiders and, um, you know, and got that opportunity and, you know, played a couple of years, years there. Unfortunately, you know, I wouldn't, would have loved to have stayed my whole career there, but, um, you know, things happened in footy and ended up having to move on and um, we ended up mainly, but, you know, to play for, for the Raiders and, and where the, uh, the green jumper was. Um, Would have been really special, like a childhood dream, really. Mate, it was, as I said, I was... You know, I was a tragic. Guy. You know, I'm embarrassing as a had kid. Had all the cards, had all the jerseys, all the cards, everything. Cried when they lost, <laughs> celebrated when they won. You know, I remember after '87 when Manly beat them in the grand final. Oh. I remember sitting in my garage crying, and the old man having to come and you know, I think I was seven at the time. The old man having to come and uh, and uh, console me. So uh, to play for the Raiders was you know, dream come true, and, um, and then to play there with my brother as well. Yeah, was, was I was going to say so. to be able to play with your brother at the Raiders. What was that like? Yeah, it was it was big. Like I said, was Joel also a Raiders tragic? Yeah, not as big, okay. not as big. But he was still a Raiders fan. A little bit, a little bit more in uh, in touch with his emotions then, and didn't cry every time they lost. But <laughs> um, but yeah, to, to both play, uh, to support him growing up, and you know we were in the backyard every day. Um, the old man coached both of us at, at okay. certain stages, so um, you know, I had a sister that worked in rugby league as well. So it was you know, right through the family. Everyone yeah. was, was mad for the game and, and the Raiders especially. No, that's awesome. Um, speaking of, as you just mentioned, you did go over to Manly for a bit. Um, what was it like, the, you could say, culture change, the difference, you know, Northern Beaches, all that sort of yeah. stuff? Yeah, it was... Because um, they'd just come back into the comp, hadn't they? They, they had gone from the Northern Eagles yeah. back, to, back to Manly. And, yeah. Um, yeah, to be honest, I, I didn't have any interest in really going there. I'd, okay. I'd, I'd sort of got to a point at Canberra where I thought it was time to move on. I wasn't getting the opportunities. Probably, you know, myself and probably other players around the squad thought I should be getting in first grade and um, had a conversation with the coach then about it. So that vibe was like, you should be getting more starts than you were? Yeah, the coach at the time, he actually said to me, you deserve to be playing, but they'd, they'd signed at the time, I think it was Brad Drew, yeah. come in and yeah. I'd been in first grade and then I, I think I broke my jaw oh, um, at the Tigers and came back and was playing really well in reserve grade and just couldn't get a start in first grade. And, Sort of went and said to him, you know, what's, what's the go? I'm playing really well. First grade struggling, and that was what he said. You know, he said, look, you probably deserve to be playing, but we signed this guy, and we're going to stick with him. So uh, we saw some role. What's probably the rest of move on. So, yeah, but it was like a mutual. It wasn't. Yeah. A, you didn't have bad feelings. No, no, the Raiders, no, no, none of that at all. It was. Um, and, and at the time, I'd, I went up and I had a meeting with Parramatta and Brian yep. Smith, and okay. was sold on, on going. And was, well, their was facilities would have been amazing at the time. Yeah, yeah. And, and he, you know, had sat down in a room with him and. You know, he, he spoke really good about the game and what he could do f- you know, for the way I played and all that type of thing and walked out of there and rang my manager and said, yep, get, get the deal done. And um, he sort of rang me back half an hour and said, oh, Manly have have just, no, they said they're just, Manly have just said if you're interested in going for a chat and I said, oh, well, not <laughs> Two really. Two clubs now. <laughs> yeah, not really. I'm going to, I think I'm good with Parramatta. And I thought, okay. But at the time, my sister lived on the Northern Beaches. Okay, yeah. And I thought, oh, well, I may as well go up and see her and yeah. I'll go have a meeting anyway. So... 
that was really was. It was too. You went there to see your sister. Basically, really. was I'll go out <laughs> have a weekend with my sister. And, yeah. Um, and I'll have the meeting and see what happens. But you know, I was pretty well sold on Parramatta and yeah. got up there and, and met with Des and um, you know, showed me around the club and, and just don't know what it was. I just got a, a good vibe about it and obviously having my sister there as well. Um, you know, I thought it'd probably be a bonus as well. So. Yeah, like you got some family nearby. Yeah, rung him back and said, uh, "Yeah, let's let's uh, scratch that. We'll uh, we'll go with Manly." So. Yeah, so really, you could say the deciding factor for Manly was family. It probably was in the end. Yeah, it was. Um, and and, as and in they had great facilities. Don't get me wrong. As well as you know, you come in the car across the spit bridge, and yeah, you, know, you see you know, how nice it is there. And, and at the time, I I don't think she'd been living down in Wollongong, and we hadn't been up to Manly that often. I'd only been there once or twice, so I didn't really get a feel for how good the place was. And I spent that whole week there and sort of went, yeah, club's great, Des is great. The it's area's all right. pretty great place to live, so I um, ended up signing there. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And that's more or less where, I mean, as we said, you did get your start at the Raiders, but your career sort of flourished at Manly a bit. You, re- you had a lot of game time. Um, you then went over to the Warrington Wolves in the UK. You won three Challenge Cups, which... Anyone who's listening to this episode, the Challenge Cup is held in almost more higher regard than a grand final win over in England. What was it like to be part of that um, team in general and also to get the Challenge Cup wins at Wembley? Yeah, it was great. I mean, I sort of had come off the back of uh, the grand final in 07 where mm-hmm. we, we'd lost to Melbourne. and we'd sort of been, We'd sort of been, yeah, well, it never happened. So. <laughs> true, true. Well, um, yeah. so, so to tangent off real quick, but... Are you kicking yourself that you didn't stay one more year for the 08? <laughs> no, and, no, and I actually knew this question had come, and it was... Sorry. I've been asked by that many Manly fans. I can imagine, and, yeah. Um, and even I've had Manly fans pull me up, and you know, like, they were disappointed for me that I wasn't mm, there. Cause, very unfortunate, yeah. You know, I was sort of part of that build-up, and we'd lost in 07. And and to be honest, uh, I thought I would be. Uh, I thought I'd be disappointed, and um, but I never really no have been. And in fact, I, I came out, I come back, our season finished over in England, and I came to the grand final, and... I actually wow. ended up on the Mad Monday with, with all the Manly boys. Oh, that's and, awesome. Yeah, and then I, I think we went to Vegas after. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so it wasn't a case of... I was actually really, really you were happy, happy to see them. the boys win. And, uh, you know, guys like Michael Robertson and uh, Mark Bryan who were there, I'd actually had a part in... I'd played with them at the Raiders, yeah. both down in Canberra, and was sort of part of getting them to Manly. So, yeah. mate, I, it wasn't one bit of jealousy. You were part of the foundation of what yeah, was to come. Yeah, you know, I certainly don't feel like I won... I was part of winning it, no. but you know, I certainly felt like I was part of getting them to that point. Yeah, for sure. You know, I was, was there with you know, Stewarts and all those boys that, and Watmo and those guys that really developed into you know from good players to, to great you know, players, world class players. Yeah. So, um, mate, like I said, I, I was at the game cheering the boys on and end up having a couple of days on the beers with them after. So, <laughs> nah, that's honestly yeah. that's awesome. Um, and so yeah, tangenting back into Warrington and the Challenge Cups, what was it like first of all going over to the UK in general because it's a whole other ball game. Excuse oh, yeah. the pun. And um, and in general, you know, playing the game and winning the Challenge Cups. Yeah, it's it's it is different over there, and, and that's part of the thing. Like you know, would have been great to have been back here and played in our weight. Whether we would have won, whether I was here or not, who knows? You don't know how things end up, but. Yeah. Um, to go over there and it is it's a different kind of footy it's a different kind of lifestyle and mm. um, you know the fans over there are, are they're one eyed <laughs> and it's it is so much different to Australia it's you know I played in, in the grand final here in 07 where there was I think 90 odd thousand yeah um, but that the year in uh, when we won our first challenge the 09 we played a semi-final 
against our local rivals, Wigan. Um, yep. And it was at Witness. Yeah, they, okay. played, they played a neutral ground. Yep, yep. But there was 12,000. And, and it sounded more the than... The atmosphere in, in that game was the best I've ever played at. Wow. And I played three Challenge Cup finals at Wembley, two grand finals at Old Trafford, and yep. a grand final in, in, in the in Olympic yep, Stadium. Manly, yep. And, and the, the atmosphere... At, at the semi-final. At the semi-final. Because I think Warrington hadn't been to a final uh, hadn't been to a final in 35 years. So yeah. that was the It'd game to get us there. It was against our local rivals. And... Um, they were favourites and there was such a build up to that game and then um, you know, I remember just at the end of that game it was you know, chaos, fans, like I said, fans over there. They got flares and everything you know, over there. Yeah, it's different. <laughs> Australia, people go and watch the game and they appreciate the game but over there, they, you know, for that game, for 80 minutes, both teams, were, both teams fans were singing. We're doing and chanting and, and all chanting that. And what's, a sle- what's the best sledge that you remember hearing of your time over in England? Um, well, it can be a chant, it can be a slave, well, whatever. To, to be fair, it was when my brother had come over. He'd okay. obviously come over in yep. um, less than great circumstances. And, uh, you know, the fans always had some pretty good ones with him. You know, the old, the old chants and barking and all that type of thing. But, um, you, know, it, you know, the fans over there, it really is It's a dip, different atmosphere. And it brings something special to the game. And, yeah. Um, you know, they, they are really passionate. I was saying, I... Uh, my, my f- first year at Warrington, we uh, we sort of come over and we turned up and they had a club car for me, which is, for some reason, they gave me a yellow um, convertible. Okay. I don't know why in the north of England you get a yellow convertible, but had this yellow convertible with my name down the side of it. For the first half of the year, we were we were on fire. We were yeah. winning games off right and centre, and I think at the time, I was halfway through the season, I was the favourite for the Man of Steel over yeah, there. Yeah, which is equivalent to, like, Dally M. Yeah, yeah, and we used to have, where I lived, there was about three pubs right opposite my apartment. Yeah. And uh, first half of the year, when after a game, I'd drive past these pubs and all the fans had been there, and they'd all stand and clap me and yeah. cheer me as I got back home. Oh, that would have been awesome. Game, yeah. And then the second half of the year, my old, <laughs> my old man had come over. Okay. Uh, they'd come for the back end of the year just to, to see me, and... Back into the year, we, we just struggled. Um, yeah. the, the team really fell apart and you know, barely won a game the back end of the year. And we, we played, you didn't get the claps? We played one night and we, uh, we, we'd lost by 30, I think oh. it was. And my old man had come to the game in, in the car with me. And as we were driving home, drove past the three pubs and I was getting fingers and booze <laughs> and people telling me to, to... Do things. Yeah, to get back to Australia. And... I remember I, uh, I got home and I, I'd take my footy pretty serious. One second. And, yeah, and I'd take my footy pretty serious, so I was yeah, pretty downbeat about it. And I remember I got up the next morning and was getting ready to go to the recovery session. And my mum and dad had been staying with me in, in the apartment and yep. said to the old girl, I said, uh, where's dad? She said, oh, I don't know, he went outside about half an hour ago. <laughs> so, uh, what's he going on? Walked out, got my bag ready and get down to my car. <laughs> my old man was on his hands and knees peeling the, the name off my car the oh. Michael Monaghan Warrington Wolves off the side of my car because so, he'd been in the car obviously and seen the abuse I was copping so yeah. but it you know in, in one regard it you know, tells you how you know, passionate, passionate they are, are. Yeah. sometimes which, it did spill over which would also kind of help you get up for games and stuff you know it did and, and exactly when you're winning it you know it makes it even better it's yeah. how passionate the fans are and um, you know we, we had probably a year and a half where we you know, we're really up and just down. dominated. And, and uh, part is the passion is just because they're so desperate to have yeah. the team now, and they hadn't had it in so long. Well, I mean, then, I'm a Leeds fan, so I'm used to oh, yeah. being a winner for them oh, with yeah, the fans. Yeah. So exactly. So, and then to but know, I know what it's like when yeah. there's losses. It's yeah. oh, that's it. And you know, I guess, but so by the same token, you know, when you're winning, they're really good to you, and they're, and they're 
great team. Oh yeah, and you know we yeah. had some, some you know we had Matt King who'd come from Melbourne, yep. myself, Chris Hicks, um, and we you know when we started playing really good footy and you know, started winning trophies and all that, it was you know, the atmosphere around the town was unbelievable and um, it was a real pleasure to play there and live there. Yeah, for sure. Um, so just going through, um, trying to figure out which one I want to go with. Yep. So let's go to some fun sort of questions, not necessarily career-based. Um, during the 10-week break for COVID, what was your Netflix binge or show that you just, you know, really got into? Uh, I'll, I'll be honest, we, we got a three-year-old who, okay. if it's not Peppa Pig on telly, it's Paw Patrol. Okay, yeah, or, or PJ Masks, so stuff we, like uh, that. If we're lucky, we get an hour an evening, mm-hmm. um, and then I'm dictated by the missus. It's, it's normally Love Island. Or at the moment, married at first sight. Mar- married at first sight, which I actually refused on that one. She, yeah, yep. I would too. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, we've got a few. We've uh, what else have we got into? We watched one last night actually. She's she's into her true crime oh, dramas yep. last yep. night, so we're watching one for America. I think um, something about murder. But uh, yeah, but I think because we lived in England, we actually we try and find a lot of the. Uh, UK sort of crime. Oh, I love that stuff, crime. like Midsummer Murders yeah, and that sort that. of stuff. Yeah, yeah. they've they got quite a few ones coming out. There's some little, they do, what they do is, I struggle with like a series that goes 15, 16, 17 episodes. I'm yeah. a four part type of guy. Yeah, so, like mini series type thing. Yeah, so, and that's what they do really well in the UK. Oh, and, they do. Um, so, yeah, there's a couple with David Tennant and a few of those yep. guys that we, the missus gets into, and yeah, my time in England, that's kind of. Uh, Moulded me into liking some of those ones. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, how do you like your steak cooked? Uh, medium. Medium? Medium yeah. rare or medium well? Uh, medium, or medium rare. Medium. Okay. Yeah, well, I lived in France for a bit, so yeah. three years, so... I've been um, told that the steak's not good over there in well, the sense of... Um, I interviewed, I think it was... Um, oh... James Maloney, yeah, actually, and because and, he's currently a Catalan's, yep. and he said, you know, with the steak-wise... Um, like medium rare here, you got to have it done medium well, sort of thing. Oh, you don't get a choice over there. Really? It's, ah. Yeah, I was like, we might, because I was living, we got, uh, me and my wife got married in Oz in, after I retired in 13. Yep. And then just work circumstances, the the, my, the best uh, job in coaching that was available after my retirement was in France. Yeah, it was Catalan's, yep. Yeah, and she just got a promotion at work in England. So we literally got married, I flew to France, she yep. flew to England, and for the next three years we sort of, saw each other every second weekend oh shit and so when she'd come over we, we'd go out to dinner and she likes her steak well done and yeah go to a restaurant and so the wrong way she likes yeah, it yeah <laughs> so you'd ask for steak well done they'd bring it out and she'd cut in and send it back they'd send it back she'd send it back <laughs> and then eventually the chef would win and she'd end up having to eat a, a medium rare steak so. fair enough yeah, so, so did she get used to eating medium she, rare no she's still not used to it but uh, in France you didn't have a choice it was, yeah. they just keep sending it back until you ate it so. that's fair well I mean yeah. they, a, a land of true good cuisine well was, the owner of Catalan he actually he, uh, he owns um, abattoirs so oh, okay. he, he services all the meat through, throughout um, Perpignan and stuff Perpignan southern France yeah so we had a pretty good selection of it oh wow um, but yeah, there's yeah they're big into their fat and their cream mm. and their butter and yeah they are didn't they? really gel with uh, the way I like to eat over there. I've never been big on uh, fat and um, yeah, but there's a few of the we had a couple of Kiwi boys over there that used to get they would have loved it. Oh, they they would have loved it. A couple so of good. over there they couldn't get enough. So. <laughs> nah, that's fair. Um, if you could have a superpower, what would it be and why? Uh, going invisibility. Yeah. Be a fly on the wall sort of thing? Oh, no, just 
some little fella doesn't know I'm around because <laughs> when I'm around, all he wants to do is battle. Yeah, battle it's fight. Superhero battles. So yep. he's, that's pretty much, now that I'm off, we're out of the bubble and I'm off work, that's pretty much what I do for 10 hours a day is wrestling. Hence why I've got the sore neck at the yeah. moment. Is, uh, <laughs> wrestling and fighting and so... The moment I walk in the door, that's all he says is, Dad, let's battle, let's battle. So, yeah, a little bit of fair. invisibility, we wouldn't go astray. Nah, that's fair. What's your current beer of choice? Uh, I don't want a, a super dry. Okay. Yeah. As in Arn or Tui's or uh, we got into Yeah, Arn. We got into the, uh, the low-carb beers and um, sort of got around to them. Not too bad, but I uh, can't go wrong with the Prony as well. Yeah, no, they're good. Um, and over, over there... I was going to say, what was your beer of choice over there? Over there, it was... I was going to say anything cheap, but everything's cheap over there. Yeah. Um, Foster's is pretty big. Most okay. of the Aussies, yeah, get on the Foster's. That's so um, interesting because no one drinks Foster's here. Well, that's what, it's, exactly. They all call it an Aussie beer over there, but no that's one not. drinks it. No. So. <laughs> Maybe it's because it tastes the closest to an Aussie beer over yeah, there. Yeah, and that's, and that's what, every time you go out, because you know, obviously when we were playing at Warrington, you'd go out after a game, you had a win, and people would come and want to buy you a beer, and mm. they'd all come over with the Foster's and go, oh, you're an Aussie, you have a Foster's. <laughs> I never had a Foster's when I was in Australia, so <laughs> but so we end up, you know, getting a decent taste for it over there. So no, that's fair. Um, let's go with we've done that, we've done that. Um, so a question from one of our sponsors, Sky Spark Electrical. What advice would you give your younger, like late teens self, to go through life in the NRL and the Super League? Quickly. But it's probably not advice I'd give myself because I think I did it, mm-hmm. but. Um, I think it's just dedication to, uh, to, to the craft, to the craft to the job. which is uh, not just the skill, the, you know, the mental side, the fitness and all that. And that's, you know, you have a look at even someone like LeBron James now yeah. in the NBA, like it's, it's unprecedented what he's doing in terms of his ability at his age. And, and the longevity and all that, yeah. And, and a lot of that comes down to how he takes care of himself, the dedication he puts into training, his body after training. He loves what he does and does what he loves. It is, and um, you know, I, I played I think it was 13 years. Yeah. Um, and I a probably, long career compared to nowadays. I probably could have played another one or two, two or three years, okay. but I'd sort of had a few concussions at the end of my career and just thought I'd rather go one one too early than one too late. Yeah, so, exactly. But in yeah. terms of you know, how I was physically, I was pretty good at the end of my career, and a lot of that was you know, I looked after myself. You know, I enjoyed it. We're well, still time. looking fit these days, you know? Yeah, and, that, and that's part, I guess, the lifestyle you, you live as a, a footy player. It's hard to let go of once you retire. and. Um, but that was, you know, it was probably something the old man um, drilled into me as a kid. And, yeah. Because um, he, you know, he knew I wanted to be a professional a footy star. Yep. And, and same with my brother. And, you know, it's about your dedication. It doesn't mean you, you have to be on 24-7. But, yeah. um, you know, just just your ability to look after yourself, to, to do the right things. And like I said, it doesn't mean you don't go for a beer. And, I, you know, plenty of good just nights Just do it in moderation. Do it in moderation. And it was always, you know, finding the right times. You know, I, I don't think you might... Apart from an end of season drink, I don't think I, I very rarely in my career went out after a loss. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think you would. Thing. Yeah, it was, you know, and that was probably my motivation through my career wasn't winning. It, you know, okay. when, when I look back now and, you know, I won three Challenge Cups and played in three grand finals, I, I don't really think about what I won. A lot of it is remembering the games I lost yeah. and the disappointing and games. And thinking about what you could have done different, maybe. It is, and, and, that's, and that's honestly what fueled me as a player, I, you know, I, I was more. Well, you were like, I don't want to feel this again. Yeah. Sort of thing. Games like grand finals, I never mm. got nervous for challenge okay. finals because you knew win what? or loss, you you kind of you're like, right, I've made it. To, I've, made, I've it, made it to the final. Yeah, it was it was you know? games you were expected to win, like 
you know, over here maybe. You know, like Melbourne, team. example, if you were to play for Melbourne against the Titans and the Titans win, you'd be like, you expect and, to win. And they were the games. And, that, and not every player is made up like that. For, for some people, they're just focused on winning. And, and I was, I was, for some reason, it was all about losing and my whole focus was I didn't want to lose. It was more disappointment and, yep. and all those things. And that's what motivated Which is fair enough. Through, yeah, it's, it's for different people where my brother's complete opposite. Oh, like, he's like, he, he wants to feel Well, winning. if you lost, it was water off a duck's back. He was disappointed and he... But he just went on with his next, his next job was, sort of oh, thing. I'll go, yeah, I want to make sure I'll try and win the next game. Where Whereas I all just, you did was dwell on the I previous I dwelled week. on the previous, and I think that worked for me. Yeah. But it, it certainly wouldn't work for, for some people. Mm. And for other people, they all they think about is winning, and mm-hmm. that can have a detriment as well. So, you know, it's just for different people how they're motivated. And for me, it was, it was about losing that. I, I'll always, like I said, I always remember games of didn't play well and yeah or uh, didn't play well yeah because you can also have games that you win but you don't have a good individual game and that was Loris that would have been worse if uh, anything my brother used to be like when we were living together he was you know we'd win and I'd play well uh, play poorly and you know I'd you'd be like yeah we've got the win it was terrible all week you know I just couldn't get over it and he just couldn't understand it yeah we won but you know but you're like but I didn't get my 1% you know sort of thing yeah and it's and it's it was just it's just that I just didn't deal well with losing. Which is fair enough. Yeah, for some, like I said, some people. Some people don't. Opposite, so. Yeah. Uh, but that was what motivated me through my career was, you know, I just I hated the thought of losing and yeah. not so much about winning and looking forward to the excitement of winning. It was just about I didn't want to lose. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. Um, and speaking of your brother, you started more or less your careers together at, at Canberra, yep. um, and then you also linked back up, as we mentioned earlier, in Warrington. What was it like having your brother come over and play with you again, at, again, top class footy? Um, it, was, it was really good, and um, we'd sort of, at Warrington, we, I said we had myself, Matt King, Chris Hicks, and Hicks had come from Manly with me after, yep. after 07, and we'd sort of gone to Warrington at the same time. And... Uh, you know, we'd, we'd sort of, um, you know, Matt King had come over and, you know, King was playing for Australia. He played in the 07, didn't he? Like, you know, seven, yeah, it was, yeah, we, we had a little, a little some bit issues a, after that. He, yeah. he little cheap shotted me a little bit during the game. and He did a bit, yeah. yeah I, I watched it back recently. Yeah, so we, for the first probably month when we were over there, I... A bit salty with each other? Well, I was salty with him. I'm not even sure he realised he did it. He's, yep. He can get well, a, little I mean, bit, he's a little bit of a, uh, a stirrer during games, Kingy. But, uh, so I remember talking to Hicksy when we flew over sort of said, I don't like that Matt King, I'm not sure about him yeah. after the grand final. Yep, yep. Anyway, we, we lived in the same apartment block and <laughs> yeah, about a month in we were, yeah, it wasn't, oh, we were pretty tight by then and what do Hicksy said to him, did Monas tell you he's not happy with you? So uh, <laughs> I'd let it, he didn't realise he'd done it to be honest. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, we got to that. So we got over it pretty quick and then uh, we ended up having four great years over there. Oh, 100%. Like in those four years, you won three Challenge Cups yeah. more or less across five yeah, years. Yeah, played a couple of grand finals. And, yep, and like I said, finals. then we had you know, Hicksy, who was one of your best mates. Um, and to, move, to go over there with him was, you know... Even, you know it would have made the move over there experience easier. Experienced the culture, experienced the different rugby over there. And, and for him, like... Uh, yeah, he'd probably come over, I would say, underrated. Mm, um, definitely yeah, underrated in my but, opinion. He had a know, great you, career. You speak to any Warrington fan over there and, um, you know, he's held in, in real high regard yeah. over there. Yeah, he played some exceptional footy over there. He um, also played with Adrian Morley over there. Yeah, he's... He's a machine. He's, yeah, what are your thoughts on him as a teammate and as oh, a mate, person? Oh, Probably the funniest bloke I've ever met. I was actually about was, to ask who's the funniest teammate because well, that's, that's a question from Dave's Eagles. Yeah, nest. yeah, that, that'd be Adrian Morley. He's, um, I was just texting him the other day. Actually. Yeah, I've been, I interviewed him a few weeks ago. He's a fucking cracker yeah, bloke. Yeah, so he, he is. He, um, we still text each other. We've got some inside jokes about 
some ex-coaches we've had and, okay, yep. and some, some nights out we've had. So, you know, we text him pretty regularly. And, um, champion fella, unbelievable player, but um, just sort of, he sort of summed up what our time in England was, was about. He, mm. you know, really good people, some good footy and, and really hard workers. And, you know, we sort of, you know, to have Hicksy, when he left, that gave the opportunity for Joel to come over. So yeah, yep. We sort of replaced... One exceptional winger with, with another Robert. exceptional winger. So um, and and Joel played some. some he played one some of his best footy over he there. He scored, I think it was ridiculous record. One hundred and sixty-one tries in one hundred and sixty games. Uh, yeah, crazy. which is yeah something amazing, crazy like that. And was he know, was top form over there? Yeah, he was, and it you know he played played for Australia over here in the World Cup. Played in New South Wales, and, all that. And and people you know probably forget you know how good he was. He and, he was amazing. Yeah, and you know probably like I said, circumstances. Probably dictated, um, dictated. His, his reputation. But, unfortunately. Know, I'm, I'm not even sure. You know, in terms of the footy, um, yeah, he loved it. Oh, he, when it was on, he was on. And you, know. you look at league a bit at the moment. It's you're pretty much your wingers have, have almost become front rowers. They really have. Um, you know. Yeah, they're front rowers who can. But he's Mika Sivo. Yeah, you know, he's who've huge. Got, who've got an ability to, to finish in a corner where, um, you know, over in England, there's a, there's a lot more shifting of the ball. There's a lot more open space. Oh, there and, is, yeah. Um, and it's so always he, been a faster-paced game. Like, that's one of, I mean, I personally believe Super League is a little bit behind the NRL when it comes to certain things, yeah. but when it comes to pace of the game and, um, buddy, um, the, like, stop starting yeah, and stuff, yeah. it's a lot quicker with well, that with, for Super League, I mean. Super League, is, you know, you look now, it's, it has probably, the standards dropped significantly in the last few years. And oh, but I'm, at, I'm, like, I yeah. switched to Super League watching it over the last yeah. few years until this year because it was much faster yeah. paced. You'd be getting 70 minutes of footy, yeah. whereas the NRL until the six yeah. again. And that know? was it. And, and there wasn't a <coughs> premium on wrestling mm, over no, there. And, no, there wasn't. Um, you know, we, we did a little bit of wrestling in training, but not much. And that, it was just a mentality over there to play footy. And, you know, we had, um, you know, myself, hooker, Brett Hodgson at fullback, oh. Lee Breers, who was an outstanding, probably one of the best ball players I've seen in rugby league. Yep. Over there, all in the one team. We had a coach that promoted playing attack and footy. One second. Go for it. Yeah, so we had uh, you know a coach that was really high on playing attack and footy, and, yeah. and generally the competition was like that. And So for an outside back like Joel, you know, get that space and you know, shift. Once he has that space, mate, he's Shift gone. him from sideline to sideline. And, um, you know, it probably, you know, prolonged his career and he probably enjoyed his footy more over there yeah you know, there, there was obviously a, at the time when he was we were playing over there I'd say a, a little bit of a difference in the standard that's probably increased mm. recently but and you look at that you know you've got if you put um, the Burgesses you put Bateman Whitehead Hodgson Widdop Widdop yeah, all these guys back in Super League all of a sudden that competition looks a, a lot better 100% and, and that's, that had the experience that's over happened here. over the last probably three or four years has, yeah. teams have realised that England's you know there's a there's, there's a, a talent, talent over there. Yeah. There is. Like Ricky's really capitalised on that for the Raiders. And, and teams, you look at now, there's even some young kids have signed out here from academies. Like Herbie Farnworth from yeah. England plays for the Broncos. Yeah, there's, and I know, I think Newcastle have signed a, a young kid from Wiggins Academy. And, yep. and, and teams now realise that you know, there's, there's a lot of talent there and it's a real opportunity because they come cheap. Um, you don't have to pay them a whole heap. Yeah. And you can work with them. and um, They're coachable. They are really coachable. So... Um, so it's, but you know, Joel enjoyed it over there. He loved it, and you know, some of the best years of career. And, you know, to, to win a Challenge Cup with him, and that would have been amazing to win it with your brother. Yeah, and, and mum and dad had flown over for it, so 
That would have been even more. Exactly. Amazing. So, you know, the, we had, you know, at that stage when Joel came over, we then had Trent Waterhouse come over. I'll, yeah, I spoke to Trent a few weeks ago. Yeah. He's a top bloke. He is, yeah. So we, he loved his time at Warrington. Oh, mate, we, we, <laughs> we were just texting about it yesterday. We got a, we still got a group chat from, from some, that, some from of those that boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. From uh, Warrington. So, um, and he was, yeah, one of the, one of the great blokes. I was going to pause it. All good? Yep. Yes, yeah, so we had uh, a really good crew over there and, um, you know, the playing Challenge Cups and Grand Finals and you know so and that's probably the thing you remember the most is not so much winning the game is the teammates the teammates after and you know I can tell you everything about the, the night after <laughs> where we went what we did I can't tell you much about the games yeah the yeah. Cups are one but I can, I can tell you the you can definitely remember after. the parties after yeah, yeah. You know, I remember, and that's you know that's part of you know probably the best thing about this footy really is being there for the highs I'm fortunate there for the lows but even, the highs even for the disappointments you know it's you've got to make sure you, know, you go have a beer and um, winning or lose, you know, that's that's the environment you want to be in as a footy player is around all your mates and it's probably what blokes struggle with post retirement. Yeah. Unless you get into footy is, I was gonna say, how did you handle going into retirement? Well, well that was because I was able to go straight into a coaching job. Mm-hmm. Um, it made I, it easier for you? I thought I thought I was really gonna struggle because like I said, my, my dedication to the game was, you know, like next I, level. I, ate, right, I thought about the game all week. I mean I some of my Superstitions you ate bordering on crazy. I was gonna say, um, let's go into that. Some uh, of your pre game superstitions, what uh, were they? Was, <laughs> I had to get up at the same time. I had was cert- there an alarm for it, or did certain, you eventually wake nah, up? Certain um, undies I had, I'd have the same meal. What I meal could was drive it? the same way, depending. We lived in different apartments when okay. we were in the UK, so one stage there was a, a place up at uh, a place called Stockton Heath where we used to go have the same pasta every night, okay? Like pre game, yeah, meal. it used to drive me nuts because. We'd go in, me and Joel would Did you have to go in at a certain time as same well? Same time every week. Okay. And we knew them up there, so they looked after us, always trying to give us the same table. But So we'd go in and we'd eat the same pasta and we'd win. And okay. the next week we'd go up and I'd order the same pasta and Joel would order something different. And you'd lose? And it, no, it used to do me head in. I'd <laughs> say to him, oh, you eat pasta, we won last week. And he was just like, he was like beat it, it, beat it. <laughs> like, serious? So I was, mate, I had, I had things you wouldn't believe. Okay, like, what were your superstitions when you were over in Australia playing? Uh, in Australia, uh, I used to have the, the same. We'd always do captain's run at Bookie Oval. And then yep. I'd, I'd go have, uh, there's a noodle place up the road. I'd have a, a bottle of Pepsi. Okay. I'd have uh, some dumplings and okay. the same noodle dish. Okay. My, my Asian sartine noodles, I still Yum. remember it. Yeah, well, yeah you would. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'd always have a Twix for dessert. Okay. And then when actually when I moved back, so I... I came back I'd been gone 12 years I moved back to Manly two years ago and yep. first thing I do I'll go see the noodle joint and it's gone so, oh shit yeah so and speaking of being back in Manly what's it like being back in a coaching sort of capacity and also is there any people the, the fans of Manly are like interested to find out if you'll be in the assistant coaching roles next year what are your thoughts on that do you know anything from that yeah so um yeah it was when i decided you know, my wife's english so okay. i coached a bit i coached three years in catalan yep. and um then did a year in england at wakefield and um just had my missus uh i sort of wasn't sure about it getting here but um her company went went uh was going fast yep I saw a toss out to us a while we go back to Australia and um, I thought I was going to get a big no. But, oh, she was like, yeah, uh, let's go. She said, yeah. So um, so we sort of made the move out and um, just just got lucky. I, I didn't have a job coming back. I'd sort of, before we flew out, I, I rang um, Des, clacked his number down and just said, look, I'm, I'm heading back. 
wouldn't mind coming out and have a chat about coaching. Yeah, in and some capacity. Yeah. He, he just he just sort of said, "Oh, look, come back and do some kicking and catching, and yeah, you know, one day like a week, one stuff. day a week, yeah, specialty stuff." And I went, "Oh, okay." So I sort of come back and thought, "Oh, well, I'll do that, and then I'll I'll try and get something doing something else." And so Des said, "We'll come and see you when you get back." And I went in, and he basically said, "Oh, I've got a full time job for you." And Sweet. Working with the back five, kicking, catching, and yep. Um, what was the pathways at the stage, which was working with the, the young kids. And, yeah, yeah, the academy sort of kids. Yeah, and, and probably about two months in, I was doing so much with first grade, they, you know, we sort of couldn't, do, go, couldn't go with the pathways and uh, basically just been working with first grade ever since. So. And are you hoping to get an assistant type role Yeah, well, year? I'm assistant next year. So oh, sweet, so it's confirmed. Yeah, so it doesn't really change what I've been doing. It's, no, 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 yeah, it's But it's, uh, I guess, an official title. Yeah, official. Um, so, yeah, so we, we, we look after myself and Chad do... Uh, the attack and then sort of obviously help out with the, the defence and yeah. um, I do a bit with the kickers and the catchers and, and, and the halves a bit yeah and yeah so we, we've got a you know, really good uh, coaching crew there we had you know Cardi who's you know, unfortunately leaving now but um, off to the Broncos and yep. um, myself Chad and um, the analyst Mick Coolen we a pretty good crew there. I was going to say, what are your thoughts on how Manly's year went? Minus the injuries, because you can't, injuries can't really help a season. No. Um, but what are your thoughts on that and the hopes for next year? Oh, it's obviously disappointing. It's. Mm. I mean, um, I go for the Broncos. Yeah, so. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And, and it is, and you know, obviously injuries did play their part, but you know, we weren't good enough in, in some other areas, and mm-hmm. um, definitely some areas we need to get better, but. Um, you know, I think most people have found it. It's, it's been an odd year, and it has. It's been a COVID year as well. COVID like year, and yeah, you look. You know, a, a fullback played. I think five games. A five eight played um, half a dozen games, if that. We lost our starting hooker for the whole season. Yeah, and then you lost. You know, Joel for Joel Thompson Joel, for a yeah, bit. You know, and again, it's not an excuse, but no, it, it's not. But it, it definitely it doesn't did, help, especially in a you know a year where preseason where was you need help disrupted. Yep. And, yeah, you've, you've kind of needed health, and yeah, you look at someone like like Penrith. They've only had like one or two injuries the whole season. You know, really, no long-term injuries, and um, but you know, you look at a team like Canberra, they've, they've had some injuries and, and look sort at of them. found they're a way. In the so, prelims. So yeah, we, we need to be better. But um, you know, I think if you look at Desi's record, it's it's not often he has down years. Oh, it's been. I, I spoke to Donny Singe a, yeah. a few a few weeks ago. He's been there since I think 04, yeah. 05, something like that, and it's his fourth year that they've, that he's not made finals yeah, with Manly. Yeah, Mate, oh, yeah we, like, we, we look at that's a good record. The other day, and you know, he's listed you know, grand final, semi final, final, final. Yeah, like it's, it's like I think yeah, the, the fourth time Des has never odd, made yeah, it as coach. Yeah, so which is amazing. So you know, I'd, I'd expect obviously a bounce back, but um, yeah, we, we've got some work to do, and yeah, um, but I know we're looking forward to it and. You know, last year will sting a lot of the plays, and I know it's stung the coaching staff. So, mm. um, you know, there will be some motivation there. To, to oh, get for back. sure. Especially after the year before, where we we probably had a similar amount of injuries the year before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah and still, you know, we're unlucky against South in that in that. I say, got into the finals. <laughs> yeah, and beat Cronulla, and we were under strength. We you know, were missing a whole heap of talent, mm. and then you know, we're ten minutes to go, we're leading South and. A couple, of contra- couple of controversial calls. Yeah. You know, so quite easily we could have been one game away from the final. Easily. So. Yep. And speaking of one game away, we're into the prelims this weekend yeah. coming up. Who are your tips for the for the games? Uh, Penrith versus Rabbitohs, and it's Raiders versus Storm. I, th- I think Canberra. Dep- it all depends with uh, Melbourne where the Munster plays. That's that, and I, I just. Raiders have had the edge over the Storm the last year and a half. They've only lost one out of the four games they've played yeah, against them. Yeah, and they're saying they, they've 
you know, the Roosters, they were arguably the better t- Roosters, I guess the Roosters and Rays were arguably the better mm. team in the grand final. Beat them earlier this year under strength and then mm. knocked them off. So Canberra have a, a habit of when they've got they someone, do. they and it's the style of footy they play there. Very direct. They don't complicate things very no, no, no. much. They play it easy, simple, run and run the it ball. It is. And, you, know, you have a look, I think this year they, they threw 600 less passes than us. Yeah. And were really effective. So it's, you know, they've got a, a style of play that works and it's a style of play that if an opposition struggles with it, yeah, it's really hard to adjust to it. So. I don't know. I think it's up up at Suncorp. So yep. that could also be a factor. But I'm tipping the Raiders and I'm also tipping Penrith as much as I want the yeah. Rabbitohs to get there because they're a dark horse these finals. But I reckon yeah. I reckon Penrith will be too strong. I, I'd like to see Penrith win. I think they've, they deserve Wouldn't it. Wouldn't it be great to see a Penrith Raiders grand final Penrith again? Raiders, yeah, back to the 90s. So. <laughs> yeah, it's been 30 years since the yeah. 1990 grand final. Maybe history is repeating itself. It will. But the one thing you know is, is <coughs> Melbourne more than any other team will come prepared. Oh, 100%. Um, 100%. Again, the big, the big X factor is when it wants to play. Mm. Um, you know, you've got you know, Cameron Smith there, who's you know, one of the greatest players ever played. And, you know, Munster's you know, one of the better, best players in the competition at the He's moment. one of the best up-and-comers, Yeah, and, sure. and if, if he's firing, he, he is a difference maker. Um, but, you know, the battle between him and Whiten. So oh, whichever, whichever Whiten was on one, fire last week. Whichever one plays Whoever wants better. it more, let's yeah. be honest, yeah. And, you know, if, if you know, Munster plays, but he's not quite at his best, and Whiten is, then you know, probably gives the advantage to Canberra. But like I said, yeah, with Melbourne, they're they're always prepared, and yeah. you know they'll be ready. Um, they're, they're the most experienced team of yeah. this final series. And and you know, you know South are probably you know the other one. It's mm. you know Penrith have been consistent all year. But South, also don't overest don't underestimate South have been inconsistent. You know, it wasn't long ago that South lost to the Bulldogs, and people were questioning whether they were even a playoff team. So. Yeah, now they're in the prelim. So you know, with South, you know they're they're in some good form, but. There's obviously that inconsistency they've had during the year. Exactly. Um, but it's a one-game shootout, so yeah. consistencies. It, it's it. When it comes to these types of finals, the prelims and the grand final in particular, it doesn't matter just the consistency well, you, or the form. It's literally at, there's one at, team that's better on the day. You look at Melbourne. Melbourne mm. have been, you know, the most consistent team every year, pretty much for the last ten years. They probably haven't won as many grand finals as they should have. There's yeah. been a few minor premierships, but they haven't even made yeah. the grand final. I exactly. Think. Yeah. I was, I so to consistency in a one-game. Once you get to the playoffs, that consistency is not as important. Yeah. It's, and South are that type of team on the other side that, you know, if Penrith have been consistent, but if South play that game where they're really hard to handle, then... Yeah, exactly. Um, like, I spoke to Beaver. He said he, he played in the 95, 96, 97 and the 07, 08 grand finals, only winning two of those. Yeah. And he said, you can have the best form all year, yeah. but when it comes down to the grand final yeah. day, one team's going to win. And, and sometimes it is just like those Melbourne teams that were super consistent mm-hmm. and just couldn't quite get over the hump. Yep. Sometimes it's just having those plays that are a little bit different, which yeah. is Munster. now they've got that Munster. Um, South have Cody Walker. Yep. Adam Reynolds. If he was there. It's, and sometimes that, that trumps consistency, and yeah. especially in a one-game playoff. If it was a, a three-game series like the NBA or yeah, yep. baseball, it'd be a bit different. You'd go, oh, okay, I'll back Penrith, but yeah. in a one-game Like the first scenario, game, you could rest your players if you needed. One-game scenario, it's sometimes Door it's down. those players that are a bit out of the box, you know, Cody Walker, exactly. those type of players. And whilst Penrith have that really consistent grind-out team, mm. you probably look, they don't have that one... Stand out. Like that can yeah, do something. That can do everything. Yeah. yeah, they don't have that Tedesco. They don't no, have yeah. No, but and over a long season, that's a bonus. Mm. Possibly in playoffs, that can hurt you. But I think I'd still take Penrith. Yeah. Well, I I honestly hope it's a Penrith Raiders grand final because that, that'd be, be a, nice. Yeah. yeah. Personally, I reckon you'd love it because Raiders. But yeah. at I've the got same a little time, bit, a little bit of 
whilst I'd like to see Penrith win, I actually I might change the areas. Yeah, go for uh, it. John Cartwright's young fella plays for South. So, he does, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, so actually, I'll change that. I want South to win. Okay, <laughs> so, fair. Yeah, I think Penrith will, but I'd like to see South win. Yeah. Just so, Cardi so realistically, see Penrith, but hopefully, yeah, yeah. See young boat playing the grand final. Which oh, that'd would, be great. Uh, yeah, it'd be great for him. So yeah, for sure. Um, and I guess that about wraps it up. One last bit is: Do you have any advice for any youngsters who'd love to make it in, you know, the first grade big league one day? Um, yeah, like I said before, it's just being committed to, to what you're trying to achieve. It's mm. um, you know, being prepared to, to work hard at what you do, and that's that's the biggest thing. Whether it's rugby league, basketball, baseball, you know, there's the blokes that have longevity and are the greats. It's it's their attention to detail, it's mm. consistency and you now every sport has those players that bubble up and look like they're going to be superstars Something. for, but it's their consistency to the small things mm. where they end up having these short careers. And, and yeah. that's what I think it is. It's, it's just having that consistency to your preparation, your detail, to your, to even just to your enthusiasm for the game. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you can see even like Cameron Smith now is into his four hundred. Yeah, you can still he still has that enthusiasm for the for the game and the contest and. Well, by the end of, like, he's done, like, 18 seasons. Yeah. Something like that. You've got to have, A, the fitness, but also you've got to still love what you do. 100%. You know? That's it. You know, coming out consistently for the enthusiasm of the game. Yeah, for sure. And that wraps it up. So thank you very much for joining us here.